Hello and welcome to Frank Friar Friday. This is Father Patrick Bykauskas, broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri, on this, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. And so it seems most appropriate in the year of St. Joseph, in this archdiocese, it actually begins today, to begin with a prayer to St. Joseph. So let us pray. To you, O blessed Joseph, do we come in our afflictions, and having implored the health of our most holy mother Mary, we confidently invoke your patroness as well. Through that charity which bound you to Mary, and through the paternal love with which you embrace the child Jesus, we beg you graciously to regard the inheritance which Jesus Christ has purchased by his blood and with your power and strength to aid us in our necessities. As once you rescued the child Jesus from deadly peril, so now protect God's holy church from the snares of the enemy and from all adversity. Shield to each one of us by your constant protection so that supported by your example and your aid, we may be able to live piously, to die in holiness, and to obtain eternal happiness in heaven. Amen. And as I think some of you know, my family has a, a great devotion to Joseph, my twin brother, who I remember today, and my mother, Josephine. My grandfather's Joseph. I have uh, quite a few aunts and uncles and cousins all named for Joseph. And a very special friend I want to remember today, Josephine Ferraz, has been a friend for about 30 years, I think. Today she is 100 years old, living just outside of Miami. I don't think she listens to my podcasts, but uh, her daughter might. So, Christina, if you're listening, please uh, have Josephine listen to my my podcast today, just enough long enough so that I can wish her a very very happy birthday. The uh, topic of today's talk has been something I have angsted about since before I even started the podcast, knowing I would get to this point where I would talk about my ordination and the events that led up to it. And the title of this podcast is Frank Friar Friday. So how do I address this issue, which is sort of a painful period in my life, my, my ordination, and and be true to the, the the frank nature I have desired to convey in these podcasts. I talked to a friend of mine, Finbar Maxwell, who's a, a Colombian priest who is now working in Manila or just outside of Manila in the Philippines. And he reminded me that even Jesus in performing certain acts, his miracles, and other things, would admonish people at times not to talk about it. And that actually I found to be a rather persuasive uh, a comment 
to make, being as it was something that Jesus himself followed at some point, that there was a sense of prudence that's needed at times. And so maybe the way I'm going to approach my ordination is taking the consideration that admonition of Jesus as well as trying to be prudent, but still trying to be faithful to my desire to be frank in the conversations that are going to, that we've had so far and that we will have going forward. Uh, so I, I came to the end of my studies, which is the where we ended the last episode, and I'm then, of course, being presented for ordination. Well, very early on in my formation, beginning with my first year of studies, there were people that didn't want me to be ordained, not because of things that I had done, but because of the kind of person that I am and maybe positions that I had staked out, especially in my time in Springfield, but also even that the fact uh, the fact that I was a recovering alcoholic and at the point of point of my ordination, the year I was to be ordained, I was looking at 20 years of continuous sobriety. Certainly not something I was ashamed of, but there are people that felt that that was not something to be proud of, in fact. But there were other aspects of my life as well. Again, I want to stress not because of things I had done, but because of the kind of person that I am. And so we had worked through this in my formation. The people who were opposed to my being put forward for priesthood or even studying the seminary had taken the matter all the way to Rome and the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. At the time, headed by uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, had uh, issued a letter saying that they trusted the Dominicans to be thorough in their examination of me and my qualifications. And if they felt that I should be uh, put forward for ordination, then they felt that the Dominicans were the ones that would, would have to uh, make that decision. So I think that's how we were operating all these years of my studies. And then my ordination comes up and it all, all the sort of difficulties come uh, forward again. And even though I'm a religious order priest and not a priest of a diocese, every single priest has to be ordained by a bishop. And so we had to get a bishop to uh, agree to my ordination. And as our ordinations typically occur in St. Louis. We went to the Archbishop of St. Louis, the, my student master and I, and it was uh, Leo Burke at the time, and we met with him. We talked about some of these groups that were opposed to my ordination, and we had a long conversation, thoughtful conversation. And the Archbishop said, well, it might present some difficulties, but there was no reason why Patrick, you should not be ordained, and we would do, he would in fact do that. So great, very happy about that. And then the next day, we get a call from his office to say, nope, the Archbishop is not going to do that. He's had uh, second thoughts about moving forward. Well, then we were in a bit of a, a bind, and my 
superiors in my provincial in particular, Michael Muscari, began to uh, think about other bishops who might be uh, amenable because they weren't going to move forward my with my transitional uh, ordination to the diaconate if it didn't look I was like I was going to be able to be ordained as a priest. Of course, that made sense to me. And so we approached a couple other uh, archbishops that we thought would be more progressive, and one of them was a, um, uh, a, a graduate of the Aquinas Institute, and they both said no. Uh, then we approached a couple of Dominicans. I was thinking, well, why didn't we do this to begin with? Because they said, well, surely we'll get one of these Dominicans to uh, approve you for, for ordination. And they said no. So this was getting rather discouraging. We had approached four archbishops. They all said no. And uh, more more than discouraging, I think my my brothers uh, here in my uh, in St. Louis and elsewhere were, I think, getting a little desperate, and they were even talking about my possibly. I think uh, South Africa was mentioned as a place where I might go to to serve as a priest and and be ordained there. Um, I had I had not talked to my mother about this at all, and of course, she was very excited about the the prospect of my my ordination, as were many of my friends, and and I wasn't able to share these challenges with with other people. We were sort of keeping it on the down low, trying to figure out what we could do, and so. My provincial, um, Father Michael Muscari, decided that we would go to the uh, Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago and approach uh, Cardinal George as to whether or not he would ordain me. And this was really kind of our our last hope. Uh, and we had... Uh, since our we are headquartered in Chicago, we had a, a, a strong relationship with with Cardinal George and had had many interactions with him. Of course, we are a, uh, an, uh, an order that uh, is, is considered an ancient order, but also we have a long history in Chicago. And so I think they were rather confident that that the Cardinal would say yes. And he said no. And he offered to talk to me and to Michael, my provincial. And Michael said, what do I want to do? And he says, well, yes, I want to talk to him about it. I want to hear from him what his objections are and his concerns. And Michael said, well, listen, this is just going to be a, um, a courtesy call. He feels like he's got to do this because of our our." our long history in the Archdiocese of Chicago, so don't expect it to be more than 10 or 15 minutes. Well, it actually ended up being an hour and 45 minutes, and the Cardinal said right off the bat, he says, we're going we're gonna to talk for as long as we, we need to. This is not going to be a rushed conversation. So I certainly respected him for that. 
But it, it still ended up being rather frustrating. Um, as, I, as I said, uh, it's, it had nothing to do with anything I had done. I had not done anything contrary to my vows. In fact, I had been living in a way that reflected well on the, the, the church's expectation of how a young man would live out his life well before he even entered religious life. Not that he went through some sudden conversion and then entered religious life. You have to have shown a history of living a, a, a righteous life well before you enter religious life. And, and, I, and, I, and Cardinal George admitted that. He had certain expectations for his own seminarians, and I exceeded those expectations. And at one point I said to him, you know, uh, your, your eminence, uh, when I listen to you, it, I think that you would not have ordained St. Augustine. And he paused for a long time, it seemed. And he said, you're right. I probably wouldn't ordained St. Augustine in this environment. And that made me rather sad. And so we left without any real satisfaction and not sure what we were going to do. And I suggested that we go to, to Lafayette and meet with the bishop there to see what he might do. I had served as a, as a student brother there for my pastoral year and gotten to know the bishop. And so uh, Michael had not held out any kind of hope that, that there would be a positive response there because I had suggested this previously. But um, he said, okay. So he, he, he made the appointment, and it was for just a few days uh, after a meeting with Cardinal George. And we asked Cardinal George as well. He said, if we get the approval of another bishop, would you object? And he said, no, he would not object. And he also said that you know, if there was no concerns that were raised by these groups uh, over, over the course of five years, then he would allow me to, to uh, function as a priest in, in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So we went to Lafayette and... Uh, met with Bishop Higgy, and uh, Bishop Higgy immediately said, um, not only, oh, no, let me back up a little bit. What we were going to ask Bishop Higgy was, if I were ordained, could I serve in the Diocese of Lafayette? And we were going to try to get uh, um, the Bishop of uh, uh, in Mexico, now this the name of the city for Saltillo, it, a Dominican bishop, Raul Vera, who had already agreed to uh, ordain me as a transitional deacon to see if he would ordain me as a priest if I could serve in a, a, a diocese in the United States. So we were only going to ask Bishop Higgy if I could serve in the diocese of Lafayette. And he said, yes, of course you could. And he asked if he, he asked if he could ordain me. He asked if he could ordain me. And, and I, was, I was overwhelmed and thrilled. And so uh, we went uh, in 
December of that year, so that would have been 2007, and I was ordained in, a, in the private chapel of uh, Bishop Raul Vera in Saltillo, Mexico, and my, my provincial was there, and two of my classmates, and a little scola of nuns that came in. It was absolutely beautiful. I'll never forget that day, I don't think, the, 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 the private ceremony that we had for the ordination to, to the uh, transitional diaconate for me. And then we began plans for me to be ordained as a priest on June the 7th of 2008. I went immediately to, uh, to West Lafayette to begin my very short time. It was only six months, I guess, as a, as a transitional deacon in uh, uh, the, uh, the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana and to serve at St. Tom's as a transitional deacon for a few months and then be ordained to the priesthood in Lafayette which, of course, is very unusual for us, and then to, to continue to serve at St. Tom's. And then the rest of you know the story. So it was uh, a, um, an extraordinary celebration, something that I had at some points in, during the, the year 2007. So 2007 was a, a very, very difficult, challenging year because there are several times that we... we didn't think I didn't think that I was I was going to be ordained, but my my you know, and I think that this is a very appropriate for on this feast of Saint Joseph, that what we see in here in Saint Joseph is this awareness that 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 God is at work in this, and that the Almighty power of God will prevail. My 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 Dominican brothers continued to support me. My my family supported me. My friends supported me in in this uh, um, idea that I had been f uh, faithful in, in, in living out my vowed life and that God had prepared me for this moment and that they were going to do all that they could to see that God's will would be fulfilled and that faith and trust in God that's, ex that's exemplified and modeled by St. Joseph in such a beautiful way that he, he trusted in God and his faith helped him to persevere despite extraordinary obstacles that he faced far greater than mine. But still he is he's a model for us and, and has been a model for me. And so despite all those difficulties and challenges, and sadly they still pop up from time to time with certain groups who are of a particular bent that thinks that church needs to look the way that they think it should and uh, seem to discount that the Holy Spirit is at work here. And when the, we open ourselves up to the movement of the Holy Spirit, uh, we see that God's God's plan is not always ours. That that God has in mind um, blessings on us that cannot be withheld by humans. That our blessings come from God, and we shouldn't place ourselves in a situation where where we are sort of uh, uh, posing as an obstacle to God's blessings. And I think we're 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 seeing some of that. Uh, now in our church. So thanks be to God. I have the, 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 the men in the order and my, my 
my provincial and, and others who stood with me and, and I think stood with God and God's will in this, and as humbling as that can sound, and in some real heroic kinds of people in my life as well. And uh, so here I am, a, a priest of God in the Order of Melchizedek, and how greatly um, thankful I am for having been given this opportunity so late in my life to serve God's church in this way. So thank you for being here today, and we'll move on next week to what my life was like as a priest in St. Thomas Aquinas Church at Purdue University in Lafayette, Indiana. Have a wonderful week. <music>